The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, Tom Cole is my special guest. As well as answering your gardening questions on all things from lawns, poinsettias, and it's not even Christmas, as well as wild garlic, we'll also bring you some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's start then with this week's plant of the week, which is Michaelmas daisy. Yes, we've gone away from calling it Michaelmas daisy. It's now sold as an aster. Uh, that's what you'll find on the labels when you go around garden centres or nursery. The family is Asteracea. It's huge. It includes daisies, sunflower, and actually there's thousands in the species. The word Michaelmas daisy actually symbolises a departure. I don't know whether that's significant in a garden, but we'll not worry about that. The aster, as we know, it's got dark green leaves. It grows about eight inches, the small ones. They can grow up to about two, two to three feet, actually. The flowers, really, they're, they're sort of daisy-like, small daisy-like flowers. Some are more double than others. Um, they're generally mauvish, bluish, through to white and even pink. The great thing about them is they're flowering right now. They've just started to flower. They flower right through till October into November, and they really are fantastic. What is... Interesting to see is, I don't, I've never been there, but I've seen pictures. In British Columbia, in Canada, they grow wild on the sides of mountains. Very barren conditions, but they take very, very low temperatures. I've also seen them in the UK growing on the sides of motorways. Whether they've been planted there or the seeded there, I don't know. There's a great island series that are low and compact and ideal for the fronts of the border. One called Samoa is really rich purple, nearly a double. It's absolutely fantastic. Astolevis is another one. That's more single. That grows about two metres high, nearly four, well, four or five feet high. It's really fantastic. And it's one that you often see that's grown for bouquets. You see it used in bouquets in florists. Only problems, they sometimes get powdery mildew, so really it's very important to split the plants every two or three years, picking the outer ones and then replanting them in the ground. Best done in the springtime. They prefer damp, very organic soils, they'll grow a lot better, but in fact, they'll tolerate pretty well everything. So there are, if you want a better colour at this time of the year, Michaelmas Daisy or look out for asters. They're in flowering your garden centres right now. Go on, go out and get some. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Still to come on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, Tom and I will bring you some top tips on things you can be doing in the garden this week. But let's now hear what you've called us about. And we start with Veronica in Burnham. Oh, good morning, Ken. Yeah, got a problem with our grass, front and back. It's still... As bald as bald. We had a lovely grass and we bought, is it a scourer? And we scoured Scarify. Scarify, yeah. And we've done it in May when my son and my husband done it. Then we had the heat wave. And yep. I think that's finished it off. It hasn't has, come back. The grass hasn't come back. Some grass it? hasn't, because I, I, I mean, Tom and myself do do a bit of work in gardens as well and in fact some of the grass hasn't come back as i would have expected it to by now would you agree tom yeah i mean there's a garden that i look after where the the patches of the lawn have really died off do you think it'll come back because i'm saying it should it's it in theory possibly but um there's i think when i've looked quite closely it's quite sort of it is very straw colored hay yeah it looks like hay so i'm actually going to scarify again oh well the weeds right so kill off the weeds i definitely kill off those weeds 
Can I you, get a weed killer that won't kill the grass? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you go to, go to a good garden centre, all good garden centres these days, and ask for a... Liquid lawn weed killer. Yes, and it's a selective right. weed killer, so it won't kill off your grass, it just kills right. off the broadleaf weeds. So I'd definitely you do that. grass should come back? Well, I'm... It, it may or may not. So I what I, overseas. Yes, that's what I do. So, so I'd kill off, kill off the weeds, rake off all of the debris, lightly sort of prick over so you just loosen the soil, and then I would put an overseed of grass seed on. All right. Well, that's what we thought. It should be back now, shouldn't it? We should be yeah, it's you're perfect just timing. Spot on time. Okay, Veronica? All right. Thank you for your help. And let us know how you get on, because we always like to know. Rob in South London. You're in South Hello. London, are you? Good man. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> What can we well, do for you, sir? Um, I, I went to home base and bought a product that's supposed to clean paths. It says um, path and patio cleaner, yep. fast acting and powerful. Yep. Well, I've tried it both diluted, as they say, and neat. Okay. And I can't Ooh, see. You shouldn't use it neat. You should always use as it says on the thing. Well, it does say for difficult stains. Oh, okay. Can you use it neat? Right. Tell me, it what, tell me what you're trying to get rid of. Is it black marks? Yeah. And they're ingrained into the stone? Well, it, yeah, I think... Well, it's grubby, yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's a difference. Grubby well, I mean, my neighbour's gr- got had the same thing, and he's used one of these um, pressure washers, which yep. seems to have sorted his out. I mean, this packet says you don't need pressure washing, but is that what I need to do to get it clean, or can you recommend a good product? <laughs> there's Patio Magic, which is Patio a good Magic. one. And okay. there's another one that says that if you see some of the problems with patios are that they get a algae algae into the stonework, right? Right. Yeah. Now, if you get an algae, an algae will take three years. It develops from basically the spore to the developing, and then it goes black because it will die and then form a black mark. Yeah. Now there is well, another is. product. There's another product on the market that calls that says remo- it's just called Black Spot Remover. Okay. Now look out for that one as well, because well, that will get actual, rid of your algae. This is the actual um, driveway, so there's cars going over it. You know. That's right. No, it's so quite that safe. Have killed the, killed no. the um, algae. No, no, All it right. won't. So there's two there that you can try. The black okay. spot remover will get rid of the algae. Patio magic might not remove all the algae if you've got no. algae. But it should clear the dirt off, yeah. Yes. The grubbier. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for that. I'll okay. Try that. And it's yeah, perfectly safe. It can run into the beds. It's organic. It's not a problem. Lovely. Thanks. Okay. Thanks That's Rob in South London. Pressure washers are all right, but then rip out the mm. pointing, take the sand out the block paving. That's the pro- that's the problem, and uh, <laughs> splatters your wall, or worst, cracks <laughs> windows. Yvonne from Kelvedon has got a question, and funny, we were just talking about uh, lawn weed killers, weren't we, Yvonne? Yes, Ken, but my problem is I've got so many weeds now, yeah. and I think my grass is dead. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm worried about if I put weed killer down yeah. to kill the weeds on the grass... Will it affect the hedgehog? Now, here's a a point that what you have to do is follow the instructions on the packet. Tom's staying very quiet here. But they don't eat grass. A hedgehog does not eat grass, does it? No, I realise that, but I thought if he got it on his feet... No, right. As long as you follow follow the instructions and the weed killer dries on the leaf of the weed... Is that right, Tom? Yep, that's it. It's absorbed into the weed, and therefore, when the hedgehog walks on it, it is quite safe. It's quite That's safe when for dogs, anything cats. Walks on it. Yeah. yeah, dogs, cats, humans, the, the, doesn't matter. The best time to apply it is on a sunnier day than today. Yeah. Uh, do it earlier in the day, so that by about midday or so, it's, it's absolutely fully dried. Dry. And then, actually, it's safe for anything to go on there. Does that help you? Yes, as long as I don't hurt the... No, you do it as long as, you, as long as you do it at the right time, as Tom said, you know, mid-morning, mid-morning on a sunny-ish day. And you will, right. not, not too hot a day, but a sunny-ish day. And would that be sort of granules or? No, it's a liquid. liquid. You'll have to use either a watering can or a sprayer. That would be fine. Okay. Yes, thank you very much. That's a pleasure. That's Yvonne from Kelvedon. And we go to Anne from West Clacton. What you got, Anne? 
I've got trouble with the law. Now, I was told to get Verdone Extra. Can you tell me if it's been taken from the shelves or not? I have a feeling that I haven't seen Verdone for some time. It is used to be one of my favourites. Mm, mm. I have a feeling that it doesn't exist anymore. Um, however, there are many others. There's one that's made by Westland. There's one that's made by... Um, I was going to say Fison's, I mean, Ooh, <laughs> Bio. Bayer yes. uh, make one. They're all selective weed killers. The, the key... Vitex. Vitex. Do they make one? No, not Ooh. to my knowledge. We don't know. But all, it doesn't matter whose it is. The most important thing is that you buy a lawn weed killer. Selective lawn weed killer. Yeah, because a cousin of mine's been here and he used to be in the City of London Cemetery. He actually lived in there and he always uses that, the Verdone Extra. And when I looked on Amazon, it was on there. And then when I went on again, it disappeared. Yes, I think you're fine. It's been discontinued. It's been taken over by somebody else. I don't think it exists anymore. Right, OK, then. Thank you but very much. I know, I know what you mean. Verdone was one of the ones that we all used to use. OK? OK, thank you. That's a pleasure. Uh, that's Anne from West Clacton. That number to call is 0800-111-4041. That's 0800-111-4041. If you'd like to text us here in the studio, 81333, start your word... No, start your message with the word Essex. Let's get it right. Great untie. <laughs> Eight one triple three gets you through to here. Just pop Essex on the front. Let's go back to the phones now, and we will go to Sheila in Great Dunmo. Hello, Sheila. Oh, good morning. Hi. Um, I've, I've, I did phone you a, um, a few weeks ago about my amaryllis plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's coming into um, into the bud, really, but. Since talking to you, it's grown about 18 inches tall, so <laughs> what, are, what should I do with it? Now, hang on, is it the leaves that have grown 18 yes. inches tall? Yes. Just Some really. of them do, don't they, Tom? Mine, mine, stop, mine isn't been in leaf all year. Has it? Uh, yeah, it's just been sitting there. All I do is just I sort of keep it ticking over a little bit of water, uh, and then what I'll do is as soon as I start to see that flower spike, which will be sometime around, gosh... Uh, October, November, possibly, I'll start to feed and use a, use a tomato feed. All right, okay. But, it, but, but they do. Sometimes, some, some will keep their leaves. Some will actually die right down after flowering. And if they die right down, just let them really die down and then take away the old leaves. But if they haven't, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Uh, it looks, sounds like it's in, in prime and, and good growth. It's lovely, then. Thank you very much. That's OK. And let's now go to... Ooh... I think we'll squeeze Mike in before the travel guest. Come on, Mike. Uh, you'd like to ask, what's your question about, Mike? Uh, good morning. Well, yeah, uh, I've planted some uh, bird seed into a container, and I've got some wonderful plants growing there. You will. To, you will. identify them. Well, you'll get all sorts of things. You'll get, um, you can have hemp. You could have sunflowers. I was going to say sunflowers. Amaranthus, Amaranthus is another one. You might uh, get. How do I go about, sorry, to, how do I go about identifying them? Um, there's a mix of eight seeds on the corner of the, uh, the packet, and uh, they're growing wonderfully well. Well, you can send us pictures. Once you've got them growing, you can send us pictures, and we'll try and identify them for you. And the strange thing is, I buy fab balls which come with seeds in there, and the birds will not eat those seeds at all. Even the greedy starlings leave them alone. <laughs> so I planted those in a separate container, and they're now eight, nine inches tall, very uh, slender green growth. So it's a fascinating... Once uh, you've got, you got some leaves, send them in, and we'll have a look see, for you. thing is a magical thing, really. It is magical. <laughs> Is that all right then, Mike? Yep. No, I'll send you photographs and we'll see where we go from Yeah, there. you can send it in. Send it on email. It's easier. Ken dot Crowther. No, it's not, is it? Yes, yes it, it is. is. Con Crowther at BBC. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. I give out my own one if I'm not careful. Ken dot Crowther at bbc.co.uk. What are you thinking, Tom? No, I was thinking on the seed, on the packet. Oh, the it'll tell you. Seed, does it not say what is probably in there? It might say. It doesn't, might just say mixed seed. But it, no, it lists eight, eight different seeds, sunflower, oh. uh, black, this, all sorts of different things. Oh, well, you could put those into a search engine. And it will and find, it'll, it, and, find and, your picture. And then click on images, and it will come up with a whole range of things. 
Um, oh, hopefully, you'll get some similar images coming through. That'll, that'll give you a good your good guidance, really. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Back to your gardening questions in a moment. But right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. Now, Tom, what you got as our, your first one? Well, I popped into the garden centre this week, first time for a long time. That's and a bold what, thing to do. And what is burgeoning on all the shelves and in all the troughs and everything? It's bulbs. Bulbs, bulbs, bulbs and bulbs. <sighs> They're everywhere. So I thought I'd better get some bulbs <laughs> <laughs> and top up on last year. And so I've gone for Queen of the Night again. Which is a lovely tulip, and I'm not going to plant it's those nearly, yet. Though nearly dark, nearly yeah. black. Yeah, but I'm not going to plant them yet. I'm going to plant those more October, November. I'm going to keep them nice and cool because yep. in those garden centres, it can get a bit warm. It does and they start to shrink and crink and that sort of thing. But I've also gone for not hyacinths. That not that you're running garden centres. <laughs> no, 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 no. Brilliant places, but hyacinths for scent. Yep. And either in the ground or in little mini pots. I like ready tubs. for I um, like tubs. later winter colour. Uh, crocus, chinadoxa. Uh, Pushkinias, these smaller ones, which I put just underneath uh, the canopy of your deciduous shrubs. So they flower first, and then you get your shrubs. So definitely get out there and actually select some good bulbs. Oh, not forgetting the corms. So things like some of the cyclamen, uh, things like that. And I've mentioned crocus already, so they're the ones to plenty, go for. Plenty to go for. Get out there and get them. What's your second tip, then? And the other one is I have been doing my last prune on hedges. So I'm actually doing my box hedge for the last time this year. And um, do you know what? It's actually responded quite well. This is the second uh, prune. And I will give it a little, um, a little feed. feed as well. I'm going to use, use a seaweed-based feed. What, maxi crops? Maxi like crops that? good, actually. And I'm going for the one that's actually got more iron in. Even though I use that more for ericaceous, actually it's very good on evergreens. Just greens up. Just greens up the plant, strengthens it for the winter. And then I'll come back around May, June next year and prune. Thank you, Tom, and we'll have more top tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's now go back to Christine from Benfleet. So, hello, Christine. Oh, hello, Ken. What have um, you got for my, us today? My question is, um, I was given on New Year's Eve a Bromley ad... An indoor one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one you water from the centre, don't you, down yeah, in the it's got like It's like an urn, urn plant, urn plants, they call things. them. Oh, right, right. Well, it's done well, and I've still got... It's pretty tatty-looking, the flower now. But either side, it's got what looks like new buds yep. forming. Yeah, you'll get um, little plantlets coming off the side. That's, that's what you've exactly got, it. isn't it? What, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's exactly like... Yep. Um, what do I do about this old one? Do, will I cut that off? Yep, so the, the old one that's finished flowering, uh-huh. um, you can cut that back to the base, and what will happen is all the energy will go into those offsets around the side. Do you mean you cut the flower back to the base? Uh, take the flower you spike. you still leave the centre of the plant, spike. then? It, it depends whether, because sometimes the urn plants do die right back from the flower and the actual urn itself dies off. But if it's actually looking really, really good, then just cut the flower spike back. So go right. back into the centre of that plant and then just take take that off. But if if uh-huh. that in turn also starts to die back, then you remove the central plant and then all the energy goes into the offsets around it. Right. So first bet is to take off just the, take the flower, the, flower off. The, yeah. the stem of it down. Yeah. Right. Okay. And what colour was it when it was flowering? Well, it was a lovely bright orange. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, they're always bright. Brownie and sad looking. <laughs> tidy um, it up and look forward to the new ones growing exactly and you can watch it should i put it in a bigger plant it's in a, it's in an ordinary sort of um doesn't need uh, any uh, no keep keep it tight in the pots they don't like, they like to be pot bound in fact right, i've seen them really oh, right. really grow well in hanging baskets loads of them all in hanging baskets but not oh. for outside you just put them outside for the no. summer bring them in uh, during the winter winter time right um just one more little question peonies can I cut the leaves back yet or leave them to die right down? No, let them die right down as much as you possibly can. Energy goes back into yeah. the tuber. Yeah. The only thing right. you could do, if you've got seed heads still on there, you could remove those, but yeah. just let the flower, let, sorry, let the leaves die fully back because that really helps with the growth for next year. Okay, and we go to Eve in Angel's Green. Hello, Eve. 
Hello, Ken. You were talking about your lawn weed killer. I was indeed. What was what was Verdone is now Weedol lawn weed killer. Oh, it's been bought by Scott's. Scott's. Scott's have obviously bought the brand, and then yeah, everything's. It's, un- it's ev- been it's been uh, Weedol for two or three years. Yeah, uh, I, I I use it. It's just the same as Verdone. Okay, that's lovely to hear. Eve, thank you very much. That is what this programme is about. It's people passing on information to others who are listening, and thank you very much for that. Uh, now, just a quick one. It's <laughs> talking to lawns. I want to just put this in. Oh, no, no. It's be, no, I'll come to it later because it might involve with us having a bit of discussion about a lawn. Mick in Braintree. We're talking strawberry plants with Mick, aren't we? Yeah, I can. Yeah, but I'm devastated by these bleeding caterpillars, yeah? So right. what I'd done the other day was looked all, dug all the plants up that had, you know, were really devastated by them. The others were fine, so I flung them away. The next morning, I looked down there. There's all these holes in the leaves that are there now. Okay, so I, have, hang on, hang on. So you found the caterpillars, right? So at yeah, this time of it. right, this time of the year, your plant isn't doing any performing anything other. It's not flowering. It's not fruiting. You therefore could use a pest. A, a suitable pesticide on it, couldn't you? A contact pesticide you can get them on it. For the strawberries, can you? Can you use fruit and? You, eat, you know, I just wondered. You could use fruit and veg, fruit and reg spray. Uh, Bayer fruit okay. and ve- yeah. Bayer fruit and veg spray. What's it called again? Bayer make one that's fruit and veg spray, and I think Scotts do one as well. You know, oh Scotts, you could use um, what's it called? Their pest one. Do you know what it's called? No. They do do one, though, don't they, that's safe for You've just got to be a bit careful. Yeah, look for something that does say fruit and veg, particularly fruit, uh, on the on the package, and then that it will give you that sort of uh, ability to control it, or you hand-pick. But if you've got loads of them, it might be easier for you to spray. Right. Yeah, I need a machine gun, really. <laughs> All right, then, Mick. Yeah, OK, thanks a lot. Cheers. Down, down the garden centre after the programme has finished, of course. What I would also say is, I mean, rake up around the base. Yeah, and get plants, rid of all the rubbish. Get rid of your debris. Don't get caterpillar on strawberries that much, do you? Well, I haven't seen it this year. No. Unusual. Uh, Pat from Southwood and Ferris has rung us on 0800 4041. That's the number to call us. If we can fit you in, there's a, a line free at this very moment. Um, what's up in Southwood and Ferris then, Pat? I've got two Liani, I think they're called Liani, bushes in the back garden. They've been green for years. All of a sudden this year they've gone brown. And literally they look like they're dying. Right. I don't know if it's a bug or anything affecting them or anything like that. Well, I would say it's possibly the drought in the summer. Oh, right. I mean, you're saying they've just gone brown, but when do you mean just? About the last, I'd say, four to five weeks. And and That's was it right. and is it just brown on the edges, gradually moving across the leaf? Yeah, literally going. It start, started in the in, on, on the edges. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it, that, that's weather, Mackle- it's weather related, and uh, it's going to be the heat we've had and the lack of water we've had. Um, it doesn't mean you've totally lost them. Check. I would actually just scrape the bark, and if the, underneath the bark it's it's green, then you know there's still life in the plant. What you could right. do is, is definitely anything that's gone brown, it's not going to come back. So you can cut down to where you've got green living material. And I think I'd yeah. also try and boost the plant and feed it. So get a good liquid feed, something like a seaweed-based fertiliser. Like maxi crop like or something. Maxi crop, something yeah. like that. Uh, you can water that in as a drench, uh, and that might help boost the plant. But it's not time to sort of dig it out and, and compost it. I'd actually spend a bit more time with them, really. Let's talk to Philip. In Colchester, you're worried about your wild garlic. Is that right, Philip? I'm not worried about the wild garlic in particular. My daughter has given me some wild garlic bulbs to plant. I'm yeah. just wondering whether I, the Ooh. roots seem yeah. very, very long. Do I trim them? Oh, like I now, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, it's quite interesting, Philip. There's both of us looking with horror. I'm backing at out the room now. Yes, we're, we're looking at horror because usually the reason people ring up about wild garlic is they cannot get rid of it. Well, I'm planting it in a big pot. Ah, oh, well, fine. Well, that's a bit more controlling. That I is think, very yes. controlling. Yeah. That's a good idea, Philip. That is a very good idea. So, what would you like to know about them? They've got very long roots, which is why they're yeah, difficult I, to get rid of. Do I need to trim the roots? What before planting? 
No. Would do an onion or anything like that. No, I'm going to use a, a good old horticultural term to shove them in the pot. And they grow. And they'll be fine. Uh, so, do, yeah, get yourself something like a, you, like John a, a Johnny's number two compost. It's a potting compost. Uh, it's got a nice bit of soil in it and it's got grit in it as well for extra drainage. That'll be perfect. Right, yeah. Thanks very much. That's a pleasure. Uh, very sensible man putting them in a pot. Uh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Kathleen from South End. Hello, Kathleen. Hello there. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Um, now, I'm 85 years old, and I've set my garden to shrubs Good. in the last 10 years. Uh-huh. And some I know I can cut, and some I don't. Now, I have a young man that helps me, but he's not a gardener, and I have to tell him what to do. Now, what I'd like to ask you, how severe I can be with certain shrubs, if I tell you which ones? Yes, go on. Start. I'll tell you what, we'll go... We'll go through them one at a time and we will answer you. Okay, so first one. Skimmia. Gentle, I would say. Would you, Tom? I would. And in fact, skimmia will be budding up for flowering or or fruiting. Best best left alone unless it is in the way. Okay. Now then, um, uh, uh, Salix. The one looks like a pink shrimp on the end. Oh, the pink one. You need to thin it at this time of the year. That's from the all... inside? From the inside, yes. Yeah, Cut thin, some of them... thin out as much as you can. And then just trim it to shape. Right. Now, climbing hydrangea. That's Best left alone. That's far too big. If I take it ah. well down, will it come back again? Well, it will do. How high is it? Right up to the fence. Uh, well, I'd... I'd chop it at just below the yeah, top of the fence. come down a foot below the fence. A foot, lovely. Yeah, and, yeah. and you could come in a bit as well to the fence. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, Zambuca. Oh, the elderfoot. Well, if it's, it's really, really big at the moment, yeah. If it's really, really big at the moment, what you can do is is reduce it. Uh, to, how high top. is it? How high is it? Um, above the fence, way above the fence, and okay. it's okay. growing very well. So what I would say is bring it down to where the fence is. Yeah. And in the spring, be harder if you want to. Okay, that's lovely. And the mimosa. Uh, leave it alone until the spring. Okay. They're actually budding up at the moment. Yes, they'll yeah. flower soon. Right, I do cut back regularly. No, they'll flower in the spring. Sorry, they I'm wrong. Right. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. don't. What I mean is, don't do it. Fertinia. I've, I've got that under control. And the hydrangeas. Good. Um, it's mostly the other ones that are evergreen, so can I be a bit hard yeah, on most, those? Yeah, most evergreens you can still prune at this time of the year. Okay. And you can be relatively harsh with most evergreens. That's Good. right. Good. Or, That's lovely. Absolutely lovely. Thank you so much. Kathleen, it's a pleasure to deal with you and hopefully we've helped the young man that is helping you and it's good to hear of a young man helping you with your garden even though he's not a gardener. Well, he could come to us and we can train him. You could indeed at uh, Over the Road at Rittle or he's learning by listening to BBC Essex or via (laughs) that lady, via (laughs) Kathleen. And let's go to Gabrielle. Hello, Gabrielle. Oh, hello there. What it's would you like? Poinsettia that I had last Poinsettia. Christmas. Poinsettia. Now, come on, it's not it's too early. Christmas yet. Come on, come on, it's not oh, Christmas. It's we don't want to. G- I put it out in the garden in the pot, hoping it would die, because I don't really like them very much. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you didn't. and me both. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't. So I thought, oh, well, when I'm watering the other plants, I give it a drop of water. Well, it's now gone berserk. It's growing, and I think, yep. oh, dear. So what do I do with it now? Well, I'd still, <laughs> even though you're supposed, in. right, you're supposed to have done it earlier, but I'd still cut it down. Uh, cut, oh, no. I cut it, yeah, cut it down and repot oh. it. Oh right. Because I what that what that will do is what that will do will give you loads of new shoots, which will then and hopefully at produce some flower. point around November time. Uh, that some of those shoots will actually what we call they call, it's called bracting up. What they do is they go red. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely, oh, right. I've definitely pot and cut. I thought it would just, if I put it somewhere, it would just do it all on its own. No, it, it, well, it will colour up Some itself because it, it will do it anyway naturally yeah. at this time of the year. But if you've got a quite a large plant there, you may, I would actually definitely cut it uh, oh, so, you, yeah. so it becomes more bushy, you get more growth. How high is it at the moment? It's about two foot. Yeah, cut it down to six inches. Abs- I totally, right. agree. totally agree, yes. Yeah. And yeah. then bring it in. 
Yes. Yeah, you need to start yes. bringing it in for the yes. warmth. It's getting a bit cold, isn't it? Yeah. It is, especially oh, at night. I wish it'd die, really, but... Well, well, well you know what? I, I'd actually just scrunch <laughs> it up and put it into the compost bin. <laughs> I wanted it to die in the summer, but it Well, chuck it away. You're not beholden to it. It's not It's not obligatory to keep poinsettias. No. <laughs> Buy a new I'll one. Die, let it die naturally. They tell wouldn't, but I'll tell you I what, Gabrielle, to... lots of them are grown in the UK, and we always encourage people to throw them away because then yeah. when they buy a new one at Christmas, if yeah. it's a UK grown one, you're supporting our industry. Exactly. It's a bedding plant, really. Yep. All right. Oh, right, well, yeah. But I've also got, um, I believe, it's an acacia, a couple of acacia trees that have seeded in the garden. Yes. They did they seeded last year. My neighbour said it's from their acacia, but, well, they didn't know what they'd got. She called it something else. But it's got a slightly different leaf, but it's got great big thorns on it. Yeah, it's an acacia or a rabinia of some sort. It's not a rabinia, because they've They're... got those... They, yellow leaves. They're like, they? yes. Well, it, no, 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 no. One, one of them has. What you've got, you've got the false acacia. She has, which is rabinia, and it is can be quite thorny and thuggish. It is, it's a, and it's grown in a year about. Yep. Ten foot. You're right. right. It's very vigorous. Do you really, really want it? Because I get rid of it. I think you're going to be no, filling up this I compost heap. Dig it out. I don't really want it. No. Dig it out no. because you've got the seed from someone else's. They've most likely got the golden variety, which is it, some. It, no, I can see it now. I'm looking at it now. Then the neck, the, the neighbours. It's yep. got the leaves are a lot smaller, and they have a beautiful white flower in in the mm, summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rabinias do that. Yeah, Rabinia do. Yeah. yeah. So it's just seeded. So if I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably take it out because it's going to be a large plant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad of that because I wanted somebody to tell me to cut it down. Cause we I'm have right. Cut it. it down. Dig it out. Uh, chuck okay. it away. Lovely. Thank you very uh, much. It's a shame she didn't do that with the poinsettia as well. But anyway, anybody who loves poinsettias, don't give us a call on oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one and complain that. Tom and myself are being rude about them because they're a lovely plant at Christmas, aren't they, Tom? They're fabulous. <laughs> Maureen from Corringham. Hello, Maureen. What have Hello, we got? Ken, yes. Hi. Um, just recently, on two occasions, you've more or less said how to prune the lace cap hydrangea, which is very handy to know. But we have got the cone shaped pinky winky hydrangeas. Do they need pruning any different to the ordinary one, please? They do. They, they do. They yeah. are. So the lace cap ones are macrophylla. Uh, they flower on previous year's growth. Well, these are, and these are ones on. you're talking about is paniculata. They flower <laughs> new growth. So enjoy them now. Enjoy the seed heads that come from them. Don't do anything really uh, until spring next year. And then you can be quite hard. You can actually cut those harder closer to the ground. More or less like the normal hydrangeas. Yeah, ab- yes. Absolutely yeah. different to those, oh, yes. Oh, that, I it's, am doing it right yes, then. Yeah. And also, just one more, I have a wisteria covering yep. a pergola eight feet wide by 20 feet, eight feet long, and the amount of tendrils that come off it is unbelievable. Normally, I only, I cut them right back oh. to the bark stem, but I keep hearing you say leave two buds on because there's an advantage. Could you yes. tell me what that advantage that is? That gives you a flower, doesn't it? Yeah, what happens is that those tendrils, which are one-year growth, if you cut them back, the stub that's left becomes two-year and wisteria's flower on two-year-old wood or more. You'll get so more. What, what you're doing is you're developing a little, a little stub there which develops flower buds. Right, so really I'm, ca- I'm causing the tendri- more tendrils by cutting them right back. No, no, no. You, you, this year and this, this year of all years, wisterias have gone on and on growing, producing tendrils. They love the hot yeah. summer. So all you, can oh. do, all you can do is just keep on cutting those back. Well, and still leaving the two, two lines yep. Back, yep. back rather than taking them back to the actual branch. That's it. Two so, buds. so leave a stub of at least two buds. Okay. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Thank okay. you both. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, myself and Tom have got some more top tips. 
Ground is warm. Ideal if you're setting a new lawn. If you want a new lawn, what a time to do it. If you want to turf it, if you want to seed it, I reckon you couldn't be better. Ideally, personally, I don't know what Tom does, but I would weed kill anything that's on the ground first, get rid of it, leave it another week or so, and then produce a nice fine tilth, whether you're producing a seeded lawn or a turf lawn, you want to get it level. So therefore, you want to produce that fine tilth. Heal it well if you've dug the ground or it's soft. That means you just walk up and down using your heels and then re-rake and then do it again and then re-rake and you will get a fairly level lawn. Ideal time for seeding. The ground's warm, nice bit of moisture, bit of a rain, little bit of morning dew. It's just the job for actually getting it to seed. But if you want a quick lawn, go for turf. Use a quality turf and lay it as if you're laying house bricks, but lay the outside first and then work towards it. Work off a board, and I've told you briefly how to lay a lawn, but it's the best time for new lawns, isn't it, Tom? Absolutely, yes. What have you got for us? Well, I'm going away from lawns. Okay. I'm looking at cuttings. Always liking a plant for free. You're a bit like that. So it's coming, I'm afraid, towards the end of a really good time for pelargoniums, fuchsias, uh, heliotrope those good old tender perennials which you might be looking forward to putting over and keeping in a cooler place over the winter but in the meantime just in case you lose them take cuttings take softwood cuttings so you work that from a tip of vegetative growth only and you want at least four junctions on those cuttings and if you can use hormone power on the bottom pot them into a good cutting compost in a very fairly deepish pot put the whole thing into a propagator or into a, into a plastic bag once you've watered and within uh, two weeks or so they would have actually rooted so that's even without controlling the temperature if you've got a temperature control propagator they will root within one to two weeks well keep listening to the podcast as there's still more hints and tips to come The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther Ant has sent us a text, and uh, the text is about topsoil, and he's saying he's got an area of lawn, Tom. It's grass at the moment. It's 10 by 10 foot, and he wants to re-turf it. Can he just put topsoil down and then put turf on top of that? And the answer really is no, isn't no, it? No, I, I kill off the existing lawn. I tend to kill off and start a game of the lawn if it's about 50% weed or more than 50% weed. So I would kill off a lawn, I'd spray it off with a total weaker, uh, so something containing glyphosate. Yep. And um, Break up the surface. Yep. Now that glyphosate's going to take about a week to two weeks to fully have any effect. Then break it up, take off all the trash that you've got. Uh, obviously be careful when you're spraying or applying it with all the shrubs around you. Uh, work over the soil, free it up, um, improve the drainage, uh, produce a nice seedbed. Seabed needs to be done with your, with the with your, with the heels no, of your feet. Turfing, though. If you turf, I'd still have a fairly firm seabed, and uh, then put your turf down. But it's it's a process, isn't it? And if you didn't get that, and from Malden, you can listen to the podcast because the podcast, which is available later on today, uh, also has some tips on new lawns on it. It does. Uh, there you go. Let's go back to the phones, and don't forget that number to call is oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one. That's 0800 111 And we're going straight to Eve in Harlow. Hello, Eve. Good morning, both. Hi. Um, I rang last week about bird droppings, and you said it didn't hurt the plants. Um, the thing is, um, depend, how do you get de- rid of... It does depend um, on how much bird dropping. I mean, if it, the, the biggest problem is that if, you know, if, if the birds are dropping in one place, you often find pigeons particularly have a nest above and they just drop, 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 drop. Eventually it will hurt it. That's what I think is a problem. But anyway, carry on. Sorry, Eve, I've um, interrupted well, you. I tried, sorry, I've tried to um, spray, you know, the leaves off, you know, yep. stuff yep. off, yep. Um, but it comes back again. So is there anything I can use that will get rid of it eventually? What, what's the plant? It's sedum. It was a sedum. Yeah. Mm. Not really. I mean, water is the only thing, isn't it? Well, and water on a sedum, Mm. uh, you don't want too much water on a sedum anyway because uh, they they can rot off. They like the dry, don't they? Um, 
I think I'll start with it, Eve. I don't think we've got anything. Is it a anyway, tree above it? Is yeah, can, it Eve? Can you thin out the plant above it? <laughs> it's a head, uh, head, no, high head above the um, oh, plant. Mm. So, um, oh, uh, if I use warm water when I do it, no, um, no, 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 you can't oh. do that. Um, Try some old CDs or something on the hedge where it is and try and discourage the birds from sitting in that position. How about that? Or silver paper, something like that. Try that. Oh, that's a good idea, yes. All right, Eve. Thank you very much, yes. Okay, give it a go and see how you get on with that. And we go now to Linda in Dovercourt. Hello, Linda. Hello there. Good morning to you both. Um, Could you bear to answer another question, please, about lawns and weed killers? No problem at all. (laughs) Um, I can't say I've got lawns because they're just absolutely full of weed. Okay. Um, I, I haven't lived here an awful long time. Um, I applied weed killer to one part of the on the side, um, and that immediately I saw you know the leaves curling up and Good. withering. Yep. It rained heavily two days later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they seem to revive a little bit. Um, I have cut the lawn since, and I'm left with lots of... You can just see the roots sticking out of the ground. Not the roots, but the, the tops of the stems. Right. Um, on another part, on the front, I applied weed killer. And unfortunately, misread the weather forecast, and it rained within about four hours. Yeah, that doesn't seem to have obviously done no, much no. at all. No, it would be too early. You've just got to reapply. You won't hurt the ground and you won't hurt the plant. Really. You I won't need, damage the grass. Six, six weeks? You no. You could do it again? No, no, just oh. do it. No, if it's washed off, do it again. You could do it again. It's absolutely fine, yes. <clears> you need to ha- and, and have it where well, there's a day where you can have at least six to eight hours of no rain. Yeah. Uh, so it gets fully absorbed. And then once it's absorbed, it's in. And it'll start to work uh, away at the Just plant. as that one has that yeah. you've put on. So right, OK. Have... Now, if I, it said if it didn't really do the job, you could reapply after six weeks. Would I reapply the same or should I yep. be looking now? No, the same. Them? Use the same product. Same product, no problem at all. OK, lovely. Thank and if I if much. I was honest, if I was honest, um, I'm not allowed to tell you this, you but I think I I, say. I'm inclined to use it faster than the label might tell you. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, but I didn't tell you that, you. did I, Linda? I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I am prepared to risk it because I'm not going to be, you know. Yeah, what they're they're worried. The reason they tell you that actually is because of burning the grass. That is what they're slightly worried about. You might get a slight burning on the grass. That's what they're worried about. What I was planning to do was, if I can get rid of most of the weed, then leave it to the spring and then sort of overseed and do some. Could do it now or in the spring. spring, It's it's good at both times of the year. Uh, Let's now go to Chris in Colchester talking Noreens. Is that right, Chris? That's right, Ben. Thanks very much. Uh, I've got, I inherited 12 years ago, three pots of uh, Noreenies that have been lurking in the back of the greenhouse. Totally neglected, never done anything to them. Uh, What is the time of year I should start trying to sort of water them to bring them into leaf? I'm not not sure. What are, hang on. What are they doing right now? Are they flowering? They're completely dormant. They've been completely dormant all the summer. I think they had leaf uh, up until about uh, April, May. Right. Okay. And so I, when I water them, and when that starts to die back, I uh, stop watering them, and then, then they just completely dry out. And are they still in the greenhouse? They're still in the greenhouse. So yeah. take the They've pots been in out. The greenhouse for take them out. Take, they're, take they're, them out. Take them out. Leave them on the ground by the greenhouse if you want to, they'll or the pick back up, of the they'll house. They'll pick up a bit of moisture and um, off they'll go. You could do initial watering, and then what we've been getting is, is a sort of a little bit of dew. That'll, that's sufficient. Day. That'll be fine. And that should be enough to just encourage them into growth. Right. So what is the actual time of the year that I should be trying to encourage well, them into growth now? they're pretty tough. I wouldn't live... Why would you put... You don't need them in a greenhouse, do you? Well, well you, they've, you, um, they've been in a greenhouse for... 15 years at least 15 years uh, i don't think they're hardy uh what I color what not, color are the flowers uh, uh sort of a, an orangey red oh, oh. Um, well 
potentially they may not be totally hardy, but uh, you can certainly, I would certainly bring them out at the moment. In fact, it's one of the things I'd leave out over the summer yeah. outside. Right. Uh, and then if you're worried, I'd bring them into your, your greenhouse. But then the, the, weather, the weather conditions will help them produce their flowers. And the reeds tend to flower. It's particularly Bodenia, which is the About pinky now. bright one. About now, isn't it? It's coming into that time where yeah. it will start to I've flower. seen a few in, in gardens already. Mm. Does that help I've you, Chris? I've potted them on or anything. They're climbing no, out. No, don't. I've just that, left them there and given them a little bit of a feed when they try and show a bit of green. But You're, uh, doing, you're doing spot on. They just need to be out during the summer period to actually um, enjoy the summer and it will induce them into flower. Okay. okay, thanks very much. That's Chris in Colchester talking about Nareens, and we go to John, yes, John in Hadley. Hi, John. Oh, hello, Ken. Hello, Tom. Yeah, I don't, did you get my email with the pictures of the hedge? What's eating my hedge? Yes, we did. Uh, I've oh, got, right. I, I've I got, we might get some advice from you on Well, that. I struggle because it's a phone in. We try and do phone in first, but yes, we can discuss your hedge. Your hedge has got, it's got, um, vi- it's a viburnum tinus hedge, isn't it? Well, I didn't know what it was actually. Oh, it was it's there. viburnum. It's my son's house. And, right. And, uh, it's, it's a viburnum. He's been there sort of, what, I don't know, 12 yep. years now. Yeah, it's there got three little plants there, and that's what they've grown into. Right, it's a viburnum tinus hedge. It has viburnum beetle, which is uh, one of the uh, dominant pests that we are struggling to deal with at the moment. It is very difficult to deal with, isn't it, Tom? It is, because yes. it overwinters, it attacks it, it eats it, and makes a right mess of it, and it's very difficult to control. Yeah, what the, would you last, s- the last time it was trimmed, I think, was about June time, and the yep. new growth that's come through since that's got been it as destroyed. Well. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, incidentally, we were we were at um, Hyde Hall on Thursday. Yep. And you know the cottage garden because you, you're familiar with Hyde Hall, the, the cottage garden area. They've they've got some tall, totally different uh, variety of hedging. Um, at the back border there, and we noticed that had the same issue, same problem. Well, there you go then, you see. It's it's a major problem. Yeah. Um, right, the, you can use Bug Clear Ultra or Provado, but I'm just trying to think of the timing. Um, spring? Uh, early, 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 mid to late, mid to late spring. It is mid to late spring. And then spring, periodically throughout the growing season. And right. that might give you a better control of the situation. That you're going to be cutting it. So that's one another way of removing certain aspects of it and cleaning the base of the plant and raking it through might actually disturb any sort of pupa that are sort of uh, oh, right. around yeah, the base. Yeah, there's a lot of leaf uh, uh, on the floor underneath. Yeah. So they are. We did get your pictures and we have dealt with it. <laughs> the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips Tom has for us this week. Well, I've cleaned out the veg truck, Ken, yeah. and um, I'm now sowing <laughs> salads. I'm into my salads at the moment. So I know it seems a bit odd, but you can sow things oh, like can, rocket, you? lettuce, lots of different varieties, radish, beetroot, not to eat the root, but to eat the leaves. Spinach you can Spinach do. as well. Yeah. So what I've done is I've got some fairly sh- shallow narrow uh, rows I've sown those I've thrown them in watered them in place and I'm looking forward to having something in my sandwich in about four or five weeks time you could do radish as well you can you, do yes yeah absolutely perfect okay and so. one other thing is you know that's your edibles but what about your ornamental containers oh, yeah. yeah spruce them up ready for uh, colour later on uh, this year in fact colour now there's pansies. There's uh, there'll be daisies later on earlier in this in the year. Underplant them with bulbs. Don't forget to get your wallflowers. There's some really good range out there at the moment. Short, medium, and tall varieties. There's stocks ready for spring colour. So go out there and be quite adventurous. Also put in maybe some perennials as well. So there's some lovely little conifers you can use, and also one or two other perennials, which like hookah, for example, lovely, brighten lovely up colour. the place. It could do yes, and, you, and it takes you all the way through to spring, and then in the spring. You can think about sprucing them up for summer. Thank you, Tom. Let's get straight back to your gardening questions now. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Lee Brett sent us an email with some pictures, just as the last caller did. And Lee says, what are the 
the plants in your garden. The one that you sent us with a picture of a flower is Symphoricarpus. Symphoricarpus orbiculatus, the snowberry bush. Snowberry bush. And the mm. other one... Well, that other one on the side is that plant still. It still is that plant. Yeah. It's the same <clears throat> plant. Yeah. So they are. There's, there's Lovely the plant, but it needs to be kept under control. And <clears throat> it, if not, it really does take off. Now, I'm going to go back to the phones, and we are talking to William from Basant. Sorry to kept you waiting a little while there. William? That's okay. What Hello, we got? Ken and what, Tom. Right, what you got for us today? Um, my uh, question is, can I move Walbury's at the moment, at the end of this month? Hang on, Walbury's? Yeah, they're um, uh, a strawberry and a blackberry. Oh, yes. Ah, oh, right, yeah, <laughs> crossover jobs, <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, any, t- um, any moving has got to be done in the dormant season. So well, they seem to be growing quite vigorous at the moment. I've had, I've had a love, lovely lot of fruit off of them as well. That's good. But if you want to move them, yes, you need to move them around sort of mid to late November or any time before March. Between so between November and March. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to fit in very quickly. A genie Rudd is asking what this flower is, and you remember looking at that one? Looks like Mandevilla. Mandevilla or dip? Isn't it Diplodemia? Diplodema is a yes. Diplodema. Mandevilla. Diplodema. If you're listening, uh, looks like it's growing outside, but I don't know why because um, it shouldn't be. Gr- it shouldn't be growing outside. Um, you can grow them out for the summer in a patio pot. Yeah, and then you tend to grow them in your conservatory or. On- or a slightly heated room. But that's it. So she's just saying, what is the plant and how do I look after it? Well, don't leave it outside. It was a gift. So don't leave it outside through the winter period. Um, uh, tepid water, water from a wet or water from a rain uh, butt would be good and lightly trimmed from time to time. Well, and we go back to the phones to Peter in Little Maplestead. Hello, Peter. Hi, Peter. I can... Uh, Pear. Oh God, I can't get it out. <laughs> you've got a cherry tree. You've got a cherry. You've got a cherry tree, Peter. Yes. Yeah, I want to know when's the time for pruning. Right. Okay. Is it? A, it's a fruiting tree, is it? Yeah. It's a, a, a very dark cherry. Right. Okay. So, in theory, can you still get away with it now? Yeah, July, August. Yes, we're, just we're, into we're in September. September. I think you'd be fine this year. You could prune it now. Now, really, cherries, Tom, you don't have to do much to them, do no. you? No. Um, I mean, but the reason we're saying prune sort of July, August usually is you get less problems with things like bacteria or canker and uh, silver leaf. Uh, but usually it's just a light shape if you need to. And in some years, you won't need to touch it at all. Uh, take out any dead, disease, and damaged growth. Um, what you don't want to do is do that type of pruning in the winter. Okay, so this is more of a growing season pruning time. Okay. Lovely. That... Thanks a lot. That's all right. There's Peter in Little Maplestip. We can squeeze you in. 0800 111 That's 0800 111 I like the one that we've just answered, actually, on... What was it? Diplodemia, if I, I was saying. Um, is, uh, didn't give up easily because not only sent me an email, but also sent us a text as well. So well done to you. Um, can I use pond water from filter from a filter on the grass to encourage regrowth on the brown areas after the summer drought as it's rich in nitrogen? Because pond water's got all this sludge and perhaps pond and droppings of fish etc hasn't it so would you uh, would you would it help much it's got nitrogen in it will it it help it could do it could do um yes the answer is yes you can use it but whether it'll do much good or not i don't know do you i think it's just variable really i mean leave the i'd just leave the water where it is leave it in In the the pond pond. why take it out of the pond because actually changing the pond is a nightmare isn't it you don't want to keep on changing the water in the pond well, you're listening to Gardening here on BBC Essex, the gardening phone-in between 11 and 12. You can still give us a call. We'll squeeze you in 0800 111 Let's go to another... Well, uh, My roses are really healthy. I like to get some of these um, some of these texts out of the way. I don't mean out of the way, but dealt with. Because if not, you're disappointed, aren't you? When I use multi-rose concentrate by Bayer Garden, I just can't find it anywhere. Has it been taken off the market? If so, 
Is there an alternative? Yes, top rows. Top rows. Top rows. Brilliant. Go for I wouldn't top use anything rows, less. Top rows is the best. Let's nip back and go to Dahlia's with June from Whittam, who's on the phone. Hello, June. Oh, hello. Uh, I just wanted to know about the Dahlia plants. This year they've got a lot of mildew on the leaves. The flowers yeah. are fine. But the leaves, I don't know what to spray them with. Anything in particular? There is, a, there is a fungus fighter, uh, fungus, fungus fighter, which you might better use. Uh, most garden centres have got that. But, Comes in a ready yeah. made up spray. But you need to just check on the labels because dahlia is one of the plants that can struggle with some of the chemical that we use. I think oh, most I of them. I think most yeah. today are okay with mm. dahlia, but read the label carefully. It's but just I like think, a fungi t- type of uh, spray, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's called fungus fighter. Right. Okay. I'll write that down. Okay, June. Thanks. Thank that's you. that's helped June. Now, can yep. I just show show you another picture here? Because uh, Ray Mackey um, has sent this picture in. He's put this purple blue hydrangea, five year Eric. In, it does ericaceous compost. It's been okay up until this year. Watered well through the hot summer. And what's its problem? It's got sort of white bracts. Do you think the what the acid fertilizer has been washed through, or do you think that's just <clears throat> struggling? I think it's just struggling, and I think what's what we found at the at Rittle is where they were exposed to quite intense sunlight, where we would expect them to be lovely and vibrant in pink. Yeah, they're actually blanched. So they become a little bit more white. So you or think silvery. that's what's happened to so this I think, one. I think it's a weather weather issue. Really. And this is Ray McKay who has sent in an email about that. So the key that. the key thing is, they are good. They are really really good in dappled shade or, or semi shade. Um, make sure they're moist. Make sure they've got a mulch around the base to keep that moisture in. And uh, that will help. And then regularly feed. Come on, I can squeeze you in. 0800 111 We can squeeze in another call. We always can here on the gardening phone-in. we got a few minutes till 12, and I like f- squeezing you in, as they say. When is the best time to separate bears uh, breaches? Michelle from Rayleigh. Uh, I've been doing that this week, actually. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can you can start doing that. The I mean, soil it, is still. I mean, it's quite dry, but there's quite a lot of moisture in there now, isn't there? There is. I, I think I'd be a bit wary if it's really hard. That so I'd wait until that October, November, and do the lifting and dividing. Or if you've got other things you're doing, then really come back around February, March, and do the same thing. One thing that does really benefit from being split and divided now are some of those bigger old hostas. Uh, they work well, but again, make sure the soil is moist before you do it. And we're going to talk to Phil now. Hello, Phil. Oh, good morning. I wonder if you can help me. I've got some firs that have been, fir trees that have been planted in the garden adjacent to mine, um, and they're growing to about, at the moment, they're about 14 foot high. Um, the branches are protruding over my garden. What right have I got to cut them back, please, if you could help me? Well, if it's coming over your side, yes. you have you, you have the right. Not only cut them back, but you can give them back. You can give back the debris to your neighbour. All oh, right. Okay. Is, My, there any, is there any requirement about planting trees to class to a garden boulder that are going to grow that high? Or? Well, you've got uh, you've got right to light. Uh, and there is sort of legislation that came out a good few years ago and that is about con- limiting uh, or trying to limit the And that is controlled by the local authority. Yeah. So it's not a national thing. It's controlled differently <clears throat> in different areas. So you have to go to your local authority. And in fact, most local authorities on their websites will have a little section on hedges or screens. Yeah. So it's worth going there and just checking out first. But you, you've got a right to remove that overhanging uh, material. Always the best thing, though, talk to your neighbour first. And let's quickly fit in Carol. What's your question, Carol? Hello there. Um, yes, I've just measured my old apple tree. It's a very, very old apple tree. It's yep. 90, that's nine zero inches around the base. Right. And uh, it's been hacked at over the years. Um, I wonder, is there any way of telling how old it is and what the, the apple actually is? Yes, the apples can be identified by sending them to RHS at Wisley, but you RHS. might have to pay... Wisley, but you'll have to pay if you're not a member. Right. Or you contact uh, uh, the National Fruit Collection at Brogdale, uh, which, Send is, them a which is Faversham in Kent, and they do something similar. There may be a charge, although when they do open days, you just take your section with you and they'll identify it for you. 
So when you uh, say contact, could I have you a phone number at all? No, you, you can go on. You go online. You can actually you can, you can find it at National Guard National Fruit Collection at Brogdale, and you'll have all the details. It's as simple as that. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Next week, my guest will be Lucy Chamberlain. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. 